Good morning, friends. It's great to see you guys. Can you believe we are here at the last Sunday of a decade? Next Sunday, we will be in a new decade. And some of you, like, you can't look more enthused. You clicked unsubscribed on the last decade a long, a long time ago. You're ready for a new beginning. You know, with, with Christmas freshly in the rear view and likely our Christmas trees, a little crusty, still illuminated. Anybody's Christmas trees still up right now? The overachievers, it's already at the street. You know, like it's, it's there, they're done. They've, they've moved on. You can tell we, we haven't, we have accoutrement. Christmas is still lingering here. I wonder, in this space between Christmas and the New Year, if you're feeling stressed or blessed, more stressed or blessed, if we took a poll. Some of you look stressed. A lot of you look blessed. That's amazing. I'm glad you're here this morning. As you go out, I'm hoping everybody in this time feels refreshed and blessed. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. We're going to receive our offering this morning as a community. I found this interesting in the last week for those of you in the category of more stressed than blessed. A recent study that was put out, there's studies for everything, you know, these days. But it found that during the holidays, 88% of Americans we feel more stressed during the holiday season than any other time during the calendar year. This same study, this is an interesting fact. For those of you married, it found in the same study that it reported the average married couple will have seven holiday-induced arguments. <laughs> seven of them. Can anybody relate? I mean, anyone at all here? No? Not all, even you guys that showed up to the 2 p.m. Christmas Eve service that Pastor Adam told you to show up to, and you parked and tigered, you know, <laughs> when you came here. I, I, could, I could feel it. I could relate. I've had my fair share of holiday-induced arguments, absolutely. I think it was about the 10,000th time that my kids said, Alexa, play rocking around the Christmas tree. Have you ever tried firing Alexa? For those of you with Alexa, go home and say, Alexa, you're fired, and see what she does. I, I actually just unplugged her from the wall. I lost it. I, I could not do rocking around the Christmas tree another time. It kind of wears you down. It can. You know, maybe some of you, you rolled in here, and all jokes aside, you came in this morning with clenched teeth, after a week that's been marked by moments of conflict, some, some hopes deferred, crushed, and you just, you rolled in here, you barely made it. I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad that you made it today. You see, we sing songs about peace and joy this time of the year, but somewhere amidst all of the party-making the family seeing, the gift buying, the meal prepping, and the device binging, we're often left feeling more wearied, rushed, weighed down, and worn out by life than renewed, 
recharged, and ready to take on a new year. So today, regardless of where you're at emotionally, where you're at on your spiritual journey of investigating Jesus, following Jesus, I believe wholeheartedly that God drew you here to River West this morning because he has a gift for you. Four little letters. Rest. How does that sound? Does that sound good to anybody? Some rest. This is the most precious gift. I believe that God can give us this morning in a world that is growing more anxious, more accustomed to unrest, unrest and rush, to a chronic state of being overwhelmed by the moment. So this gift of rest this morning, that I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ that Colin told us, he's here, he's in our midst, he's walking among the rows, he wants to give you rest. This gift comes to us today in the form of an invitation. And not just any invitation, one that comes directly from our risen Lord who defeated the grave, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, to you and I. And here's the invitation. It comes from Matthew's gospel. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Today, I want to let you know the entire service has been prayerfully crafted to help us as a community of faith engage and respond and say yes to this invitation from Jesus. So what we're going to do, we're going to slow down today. and We're going to find in this precious invitation from Jesus that just drips with grace for us. We're going to find three ways that we can respond and apply this to our lives. Three invitations that, that can slow us down, can restore our life. We're going to slow down. We're going to say some prayers together that I hope sink in and settle God's peace in places where there's unrest, there's worry, there's fear. And then we're going to respond, lifting up some beautiful songs and hymns and worship. We're going to come to the communion table. But before we do all that and we consider this precious invitation from Christ, first I want us to just take a moment of silence. As the band plays to unclutter your heart, untether yourself, from your device. Trust me, you'll not only live without your email inbox and your apps and your news alerts for the next 40 minutes. You may also discover that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you can hear him better without that smartphone buzzing in your pocket. So just quiet your heart and your mind. And this is what I want you to do. Breathe. Breathe. We sang, it's your breath 
in my lungs. I want you to be conscious in this moment here that the Lord is, is with you. He's with us. Take a moment in silence. Close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And just breathe. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. One more time. Just breathe. In. Let's just take a moment just with eyes closed and just be silent before the Lord. first invitation is the invitation into relationship. In the passage that we read, before Christ invites us to release our burdens or find rest for our souls, first he beckons us. He says, come to me. Come to me. How easy it is in our familiarity with these words to rush past the one who extends this invitation to us each new day. Sadly, there have been countless days where I frantically labored and toiled the hours away, rushing like mad from one thing to the next all the while wishing I had more time to do more, to achieve more, to be more. Most people I know, myself included, were always in a hurry, always in a rush. But for what? Why are we moving so fast? You see, with each new year that rolls around, I become convinced in my soul that no matter how much I achieve or do, life without Jesus will always be a hollow, empty shell of a life that is possible through Christ. A life without Christ is a hollow, empty substitute for the real Thing, the life that belongs to God, what the Bible calls Zoe. And that life, he shares that gift with us. After all, Jesus himself was the one who said, I came that they may have Zoe. They may have the life that belongs to God and have it abundantly. No matter how many New Year's resolutions you and I make this year, only one resolution will bring about the fuller and freer life that you and I so feverishly 
pine after and look for. So here it is, the abundant life we all long for wrapped in a simple invitation. Come to me. Like all invitations, you and I must either receive or reject this offer from Jesus. But if we could only grasp, only comprehend the abundant life that Christ so freely extends to us, we'd happily forsake everything and run to him this very moment. You see, but our problem is, is that you and I are accustomed to settling for so much less than the zoe, the abundant life that Christ came to bring. As C.S. Lewis put it so perfectly in an essay called The Weight of Glory, listen to these words. He said, it would seem our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We're far too pleased. Our souls, we settle for things less than God wants to gift us with when it comes to life. But amazingly, the same God who makes this promise, this invitation to come and receive life, he loves us way too much to let us waste away our lives in the slums of sin. So page after page in the scripture, God invites us to put down our mud pies and to come to him. In fact, did you know that the very last chapter of the Bible ends with the same kind of gracious invitation that Jesus extends in Matthew 11, a come to me invitation. The Bible from about Genesis 3 after the fall to Revelation is an invitation to come to the Lord and receive life. Listen to how John captures and records this invitation from the risen Lord Jesus in Revelation chapter 22. Let these words sink in. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. 
in light of this amazing invitation to come to the Lord. Let us now turn our hearts and offer up these words of prayer together as they're on the screen. Let's say these words and make this our collective prayer this morning. Bright morning star, you came into this dark, crooked world to redeem sinners you love. Merciful Savior, when we consider the way you welcomed lepers and outcasts into your presence, we find the courage through grace to come to you. Lord, we confess we have often trusted other things to satisfy our thirsty souls, but only the living water you offer opens up streams of joy within. We praise you, Jesus, water of life without price, for in your name alone there is abundant life. This very hour, set us free from every entanglement that keeps us from your invitation to come. Receive us, Lord Jesus, into your presence that brings fullness of joy. Amen. The second invitation that comes to us from this passage is the invitation to release the burdens that we carry. Between our worries over future things that we can't control and our regrets over past things, that we can't undo, can't seem to forget, can't figure out a way to overcome, life has a way of weighing us down with bitter burdens. As your pastor, I know many of you came in here today shouldering some heavy loads. There's financial burdens, perhaps the loss of a job, or debts and bills, keep piling up. You don't see a way out. There's relational burdens. There's marital hurt, marriages that need to be healed, that are coming apart at the seams. And there's those of you that wonder deep down if you'll ever truly be known and seen and loved and appreciated for who you are. There's emotional burdens, the invisible burdens that all of us carry in some form of another. Depression, anxiety, the pain from the past that some days feels like an unbearable burden to carry. Whatever burdens you came in here today carrying, listen again to Jesus' invitation and to who he addressed these words of grace to. For Christ said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. 
Now, while most of us can relate and say yes and amen to the part about feeling weary and burdened, because we've all been there, if we're being honest, most of us are at a loss to know what Jesus means in real life when he says, take my yoke upon you. It's a foreign image for those of us that don't live in an agrarian society. But go to Rwanda or Myanmar or Central America, and you'll see all sorts of animals and oxen yoked together, pulling carts and plowing fields with yokes. A yoke is an instrument where two animals side by side come along, and together their strength pulls a plow or a cart in a direction together. During the first century, when Jesus was was giving this invitation, a yoke was a common idiom for a rabbi's teaching, for a Jewish rabbi's way of understanding, translating, and teaching the Torah. That's why Christ invites us to not only take his yoke, but to learn from him in the passage that we read. So when Jesus invites us and he says, take my yoke upon you, my yoke is easy. He's inviting us to learn how to shoulder life with him side by side. Learning how his ways, how the Sermon on the Mount and all the teachings that we've been hearing in Luke, how they apply to our lives, our work, our relationships, our worship, our worries, and everything in between. That's what Jesus is getting after with this odd image of an easy yoke, which when you think about it, it's a strange way to invite weary people to release their burdens and rest. It's it's actually really odd. I mean, think about it. Yoke, a yoke is a farm instrument. Yokes are for working, not resting. A yoke is, is a burden you take on. And so how can it release us from the burdens that we carry? Frederick Bruner, my favorite theologian um, on the New Testament, in his masterful commentary on Matthew's gospel, he offers this insight into Christ's paradoxical invitation to find rest and relief from the burdens of life by taking up his yoke. Listen to these words. A yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or vacation, not a yoke. That's so good. It really is. It's fantastic. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We cannot get away from them. Thus, instead of offering us escape, Jesus offers equipment. See, the beauty of Jesus' invitation to take his easy yoke upon our lives is that we do not have to bear 
life's burdens alone. Instead, we have a Savior who comes alongside us, stoops, and shoulders the loads that are too heavy for us to carry on our own. In light of Christ's gracious invitation to come to him with our burdens, let us now turn our eyes to the screen and once again as a community offer up these words as our heartfelt prayer this morning. Gracious Jesus, you see the unseen cares that we carry. Before a word is on our lips, you are familiar with all our concerns and you care for us. Savior of the weary, what a relief to know that we don't have to bear life's burdens alone. Forgive us for trying to plow our way through life apart from you. Savior of the lowly, teach us how to align all our life with your way and teaching. For your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Spirit of God, your presence in the midst of our problems and worries fills us with peace and guides us forward in hope. Mold us into servants who take notice of others who are heavy laden with burdens. For you, Lord Jesus, lovingly carried our bitter loads all the way to Calvary's hill. Amen. The third and final invitation is the invitation to rest. Rest is possible and only possible as we respond to the invitation to relationship and we come to Christ burdened and weary and he promises us a divine rest. One final time, listen again. To Christ's invitation, this time taking note of what kind of rest Christ extends to us and invites us to experience. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. You know, these days, I think souls that are tired and weary is slowly becoming norm. As I've already admitted, I mean, most people that I know we're just in a mad rush all of the time. It's hard for us to slow down. Even that moment of silence, or stopping and breathing, we, we felt unfamiliar with it. It's, it's awkward because we're constantly rushing from one thing to the next. With these devices buzzing in our pockets, we didn't always have them. They're with us all the time now. People feel like they're missing an appendage. There's actually a new neurological disorder we have when we don't have our phone. It's like, I'm missing my arm. 
Do you know the average iPhone user touches their phone, their screen, over 2,300 times a day, according to a recent study? 2,300 times a day you swipe and touch that screen. Wow. Does it making you a more settled, peaceful person? What if the Holy Spirit could impress your life half of that? What if you touched your phone half the amount of times that you did? Would you slow down? Would you have more peace, more rest? Without the constant chirping of email, news alerts, social media posts, and pictures of what your friends are eating right now. You know, important stuff. <laughs> you see, somewhere along the way, in, in our, our new digital strange world, all our frenetic attempts to squeeze more into our calendars, all the while tethered to these to devices and our to-do lists, I think they leave us feeling like we're stuck on this treadmill that's going faster and faster by the minute. Some of you know how I feel. We don't know when we first got on the treadmill. All we know is that we can't stop running through life. We're bone deep, tired, we're anxious all the time with no clue how to slow down and recover life. For while the offer of an ordinary rest, some R&R, a vacation, some downtime, that would be amazing in and of itself. Jesus offers us something deeper and sweeter. Rest for the deepest part of you, your soul, your soul. I love how Eugene Peterson translates Christ's invitation in the message. The message, he says this, he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that promise. Real rest. What we all long, a freer, lighter life. That's what we all long for. St. Augustine famously prayed in Confessions. He says, Lord, you've made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. As we prepare to step into the new year, we have an opportunity this morning to receive rest from Christ, to bring our restless hearts to our Savior and recover our life. One final time, let's turn our eyes to the screen. Let's make this our prayer together today. Jesus, thank you 
for tenderly pursuing restless hearts. Good shepherd, like sheep, we have all wandered away from the quiet waters of your safe pasture. By your gracious invitation, we come to you to rest and recover true life. O Lord, we confess that we have often wasted our days eating the bread of anxious toil. Giver of rest, you watch over the humblest of sparrows, and each new day you watch over us. Today, we cast our every care onto you, for the cross has shown us how much you care for us. Redeemer, we will never comprehend the price you paid to redeem us from sin's curse and set our souls at rest. We praise you, Jesus, for in your name alone is there joy, peace, and hope for our weary world. Amen. Amen. What a perfect prayer. Send you out with this benediction and these words from Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. I hope you go out of here today, walk in the rest of Christ, and we'll see you in the new year. Love you guys.